Hey awesome nerds and welcome to another episode of D&D and TV, the weekly podcast where we watch or recap television shows we really enjoy and talk about how the themes, concept and characters could be used in different role-playing games. I am your host Jeremy and joining me is my co-host Afif who is currently staring down a sea serpent very, very calmly. And I told it to go away. And it yeah, did. Get lost. Yeah. And there went Scotland's tourism industry. Oh, that's what happened to Scotland's tourism industry. God damn it. You're just ruining things everywhere. That, well, don't worry. They that still and the Brexit. Haggis. Oh, sure. Yeah, that and Brexit. <laughs> oh, wonderful. We are talking about uh, One Piece, episode two of the live action adaptation on Netflix, The Man in the Straw Hat, where after securing a map to the Grand Line, Luffy, Name, Nami? Nami. <laughs> I have to get one of the names wrong every fucking week. One of the names wrong is going to get. And Zoro are taken hostage by a no-nonsense clown. New Cadet Kobe is cornered by Vice Admiral Garb. Um, I f- I didn't expect to see Kobe again. To tell the truth. Yeah, honestly, I thought he was just he'd be gone, and then he'd show up yeah. kind of randomly. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he'd like maybe come back later, and they're like, "Hey, it's Kobe! Look, he's doing a thing!" Or like they get bored, and there's Kobe. It's like, no, we're going to see a lot of Kobe. I feel we're going to see like parallel like stories. A- I thought he'd be like an ex machina sort of character, like, oh, they're really stuck in a situation, yeah. and then he shows up, and yeah. That's exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, so, this episode kicks off with them trying to figure out, they're trying to get the the crate open, the, the safe that they stole last episode open. Uh, they do, and then they're immediately captured by a clown, a clown pirate named Buggy. Um, cool. Good, good for Buggy. And... Uh, Luffy manages to swallow the the map. Good for him. So they torture him to get it out. And that's kind of it. They defeat it. Well, there's a bunch of flashbacks to uh, where where Luffy got his hat. Did, yes, did I miss indeed. Was this more was this more flashbacky, you reckon, than the first episode? Or? I feel like it was. I think it was to more important anyway. stuff, yeah. Yeah. When I was saying last time that about there's going to be flashbacks, this is what I was expecting. Okay. And I reckon so, we might. Because well, this okay, one kind of ended of with. I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do flashbacks. Let's talk about flashbacks. All right. We didn't talk about this last time, but like if you did found we? We? a weird ass fruit yes. <laughs> in a crate and you took a bite yes. and he's, he explicitly says it doesn't taste good. Like, would you it's just true. keep eating it and finish the whole fruit? Yeah. Yeah, I did wonder about that as well. But the, we see that he is always hungry. Like, That's he true. is always hungry. And I feel like even if something doesn't taste good, he eats it all. Because when's his next meal coming? Yeah. Well, I know they make a point like, oh, he's a street urchin. But he's not like a street, you know, like he's getting he's getting some square meals. Yeah, he's got a he's bartender like a who takes communal, care of communal. Yeah, communal strength. Communal child. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you think his parentage will be important later on? Um, I don't think so. I don't think that's the intention, but I think it's like left open in case they want it to be. That's how I, I think would have sort of written that character. Like, yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly what it is. Like, no, I'm an urchin. I never knew who my parents were. I just grew up in the streets. And the game master's like, cool. If I ever need to, like, have a villain who's connected to you, yeah, it's your dad. Yeah. It's totally your dad. Yeah. 
Like you've left it open. That's good. I'm, I'm fine with that. But yeah, I like that way of backstory. It's a good way to do it. But then you've got the cool mentor in Shanks who's all like, oh no, I, I'm not going to fight bad guys. I'm just going to be all cool and not get into bar brawls unless I really have to. Yeah. Um, we we talked right. about what Shanks is this- last time. What is, I, I'll honestly, this, like, the flashback stuff is kind of more of the same. I think Shanks is a pretty, pretty straightforward sort of character in that regard. Yeah, he is, like, the 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 mentor that taught you how to be a, the cool dude. I'm, I have a moment, though, when he sees the sea dragon and stares it down, and then Luffy's all like, oh, hugs. Oh, wait, your arm's off. I was like, wait, your arm's off. Like, you're just, you're just missing an arm. And you're just chilling. He's like, no, no, you're more important than my arm. I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> yes, a life is more important than your arm, but start to worry about your arm. <laughs> like, yeah, it's going to be pissing blood. Something. He's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's too chill. That's. Do you think he ate a gum gum fruit as well? And that's how he's able to control a sea dragon? I think, well, possibly. I think there's definitely like something hidden about him i i think i don't think he's just like a minor character no he's gonna he's, he's gonna come back yeah i don't think he's just there to win like to inform you know luffy's decision to go pirating i think there's more to him yeah in the story yeah um but i think he might end up joining the crew yeah. and being like yeah maybe i think he's, he's, he's definitely eating a gum through i think he's taking the fruit. not a not his a gum gum, sorry, just a devil awesome. fruit sorry a devil fruit i keep calling him gum gum yeah. but they are yeah they have that's because that's luffy's thing yeah, which uh, um, devil fruit just seems to be easiest. Now they do have that um, that what do you call that? That drawback, that side effect that gets mentioned here. Yes, um, which I I definitely knew about beforehand. Um, so does that make them just a warlock patron? Oh yeah, I mean it's it's the way that they like frame it as well as being like it's it's like a deal you make and stuff like yeah absolutely. So now is that true of everyone? Like, oh, like everyone be. who takes a devil fruit. Yeah, everyone who takes a devil fruit, if they get hit by seawater, they lose whatever power they got. Because I, I think later so. on, the clown buggy knows exactly what to do to make, yeah, make um him him vulnerable. Does that mean? So we're fast forwarding here. We are. We're going. Does that mean the place. if like so at the end when buggy's all locked up in the different chests, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If he gets some water splashed on what remains of him, like what mm-hmm. happens? Uh that bit dies. <laughs> Just that bit. I don't know. I assume that, like, when he gets punched out, he, like, lands in the ocean. It's like, great, now he's dead. Uh, all right, well, I think we'll get to the buggy fight later because yeah. there's a lot of questions. Let's, I have a lot of questions. There's a lot of, lot of stuff going on. Um, I liked all the buggy stuff. Like, the idea of this Pirate of the Week concept where it feels like we're going to meet a different sort of pirate every week they're all going to have their little theme they might have all had a devil fruit and they might like have a power or something but they've got this the buggy is the clown pirate so he has a circus and he goes from town to town and like captures everyone and makes them watch his show until whatever until it ends up killing them all or something that to me that's fucking like like great villain 
D&D RPG territory. Like that's a real way of getting your characters excited about why you they're going to go and defeat someone. Like there's so much potential yeah. going. You've got you've got this box that you're trapped in like a magician's cage or you've got the fire eater who can breathe fire on you during combat it's like there's so many ideas that you can use and have that stick to a theme like and clowns in particular just fucking terrifying yeah i really love the thematic element to it it reminds me a bit of i don't know if you've seen like akira but at the start of akira uh it's like they're fighting they're like it's the motorcycle gang and the other gang is like the clown gang you know and it's like here's just like a quick and dirty way of like here's what the bad guys look like and just visually you can distinguish um you know between them also go look up like what (laughs) buggy looks like in the anime or in the manga because he's not nearly as creepy as he does in the live action oh that's disappointing yeah I'm looking it up right now, viewers. Um, he d- that that's still pretty creepy. Like the he little crosses, like the, the bones. He just looks like a clown. Maybe this is all like fan art or something that I'm seeing. Um, okay, yeah, still looks still looks creep creepy. Um, you know, speaking of that idea of the themes, it reminds me of um, the Warriors. Uh, the film yes um yeah. from from the 70s where all the gangs of new york have their own little little um theme to it there is an rpg where you can do something like that and i'm just seeing if i can find what it is what's it's called oh what was it what was it no it's it's i can't i can't think of it but it was one where you just kind of picked a theme for a, a um for the gang and then you created characters around it it was on the one shot podcast and they picked the Muppets. Like everyone in the gang was a, a Muppet of a sort. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's pretty good. What, yeah. I, what I particularly liked is that there was just one guy who was like the guy controlling the Muppet. And he was just like a regular guy who didn't want anything to do with it. But the, the Muppet was really into doing all this stuff. <laughs> and so I want to do that as a... As a um, as a warlock where the the puppet is the patron it's like hi i'm just i'm just greg and i'm chuckles and i hate you (laughs) a little duo act uh anyway themes Um, yeah no i like i like the idea just i like the idea that the puppet's the patron but like nobody else everyone else just thinks it's a puppet and they just think he's like crazy (laughs) yeah it's like he's talking to it's like no 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 it's talking to me uh He's super normal otherwise. So have what themes do you use? Do you not is there clowns. a theme that you've kind of got as not clowns? You're too scared of clowns? Got it. I understand. I don't I don't do honestly, I could though. Now, now that I think about it, clowns are a pretty solid theme. Yeah. Like circus is in particular a solid theme. I feel like there's a lot of stuff. And shows is like fairs and and fates and those kind of feel to it. It's easy to have an adventure set there because there's lots of stuff around there's ways of making everything sort of mechanic or the mechanics for dnd we do have a one one of the masters of alchemy does have a cow themed dungeon and some others have like crab themed dungeons like that feels so you're talking to me about the same sort of a theme for like an entire adventure or yeah a know, theme what, for an entire adventure what about if it's a campaign would you extend this for the whole campaign or would this be more like an arc 
And I think if it's a campaign, you do something like a much broader theme, like pirates in this case. Okay. And then you can like boil down to, okay, so this is why pirates are a thing. And we're going to deal with the ideas of freedom and, and what is piracy and all that kind of stuff. But when you're boiling it down to like, this is just one situation that's when you get really intense and really go okay so it's clowns and they've got a circus rather than just like balloon animals and you've got like all the sideshow stuff like the spinning wheels and you've got the trapeze acts and that's where you, you have a bit more more depth to it i guess does that make sense yeah i mean pirates is pretty broad i guess um, yeah that's why it's a, a massive broad aspect for a thing like if you pick the broad aspect for the campaign and then let's say, okay, let's say we're going to do space. That's the thing. We're doing Spelljammer. There's a lot of stuff you can do in Spelljammer, but this week we're doing pirates and you do, well, what are the pirates in Spelljammer like? And next week we're going to do dinosaurs and what are dinosaurs in Spelljammer like? And then the week after that, so it's, you pick the theme and then you kind of put the, the smaller elements of the theme on top of it. And stack it up yeah. into a nice little pyramid. I see. I'm getting you. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, you're getting me. You're getting me. Yeah, yeah. You're getting there. No, I it's, it. it's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what what kind of themes have you made adventures around? Like just an adventure, not a full campaign. Oh, you can say none, aren't you? I don't know if I use. That's not like true. I know one that you have. <laughs> well, I have I know this one cow you. adventure. I oh, know. Um, no, it's not the cow adventure. If- it's. Are you talking about the wolf one? Uh, which one's the wolf one? Oh, the wolf one's not. You're really talking about a, a Halloween one. Oh, the Halloween one. Yeah, I ended up doing a different Halloween strength. one. This is the one you did. You run one for a Stranger Things night with Blockbuster. Oh, that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, that was a Stranger Things themed one. So like eighties. Um. I had a thing where it was like, I don't think the joke really landed, but it was like, it was trying to connect Vecna with like VCR, basically. That's what I was trying to do. Um, Yeah. So you've got VCR and like rental video as a theme. Whether it worked or not, that's the point. That's like you had it. I had the lyrics to running up that hill as like the villain monologue, because a lot of them are really sinister. Yeah. It's like- That's a good way to do it. Uh. It doesn't hurt me. Do you want to know how it feels? <laughs> uh, if only, and if I only could, I'd make a deal with God, and I'd get him to swap our places. See how deep the bullet places. lies. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, oh Jesus, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I'm gonna do that with like a Taylor Swift song. That's gonna be good. Okay. <laughs> let me know. Yeah, let me know how that goes. Okay, that was just to say Taylor Swift's name to put it in the algorithm, so you know, get yeah. more likes for the um for the the nice. podcast. Um, so what else did you think of this episode? So buggy. Uh, there was some cool world building stuff. I like the map, yeah. the little map discussion because, like, I think oh yeah, a map's a good way to like build to world build. You know, especially yeah. to give your players that. I know that there's that that like famous Tolkien quote where it's like first you draw a map or something and then. Then you Actually, the he said or... wisely. I began with a map, but yeah, fine. something like that. You know, um, he said you can't believe anything you see on the internet. That's right. Um, he stole that from Abraham Lincoln, but that's okay. Yeah, 
Uh, but a map's, <laughs> map's good. And I, I really like the the simple world design. Like, just the idea yes. of, like, okay, the world, it's got a lot of water. There's, like, this strip of land that goes all the way around the world. Like, that's mm-hmm. cool, you know? That's a cool thing. Um, but otherwise, it's like, so, this is why there's so many pirates. And I'm wondering where they're getting con- all the fucking wood to make the boats, is what I'm wondering. Honestly. Well, that was what I was going to ask as well, because it said the red line is the one that goes from north to south, right? And it just goes all the way around that yes. hemisphere. But then the Grand <laughs> yeah, Line- Yeah, actually, I was wondering this as well, yeah. So the Grand Line is another set of, like, it's all like around the, the equator, like but the equator? it's- the equator? But then what do they need a map islands. for? It? But it's islands, right? Maybe. Well, I was wondering if it's like such I've... a defining feature, why do they need a map? Well, it's not it? a, it's the thing. If it's if it well, do you want to run into rocks? Like I know where the equator is, but I don't know where the rocks are. Sure. See, that's what I was wondering about that it's the grand line where you know where all the islands are, you know where all the towns are and everything. Rather it's not than just to, oh, just, I thought it was just like how to get there. No, like I didn't. I thought it was this is where everything is. Like this is how to navigate through and know where the the main ports are, where the main marine encampments are, all that kind of stuff. Now I'm looking up maps for One Piece, and there's a lot of different. Thank you. So is it just one big line around the world and then going perpendicular, there is a series of islands and smaller settlements? Because if there's one big ring, that's where they're getting the wood from. Um, Yes. You've searched One Piece map, haven't you? I've I've looked at One Piece map and every single map is just very different from the one before it, you know, like Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it is. I did like that in the first episode we had no idea why this map was important. We did not understand why the Grand Line was important. It was just the MacGuffin that they needed to get. And that yeah. to me is fine. This is the party getting hired. Go get this thing for me. You don't need to know what it is. It doesn't matter what it is until you get it. And then they've got it, and now you get to do the explanation of, well, this is why it's important. And you then have um, Nami just break it down to, this is the very simple explanation of what it is, because players and viewers at home are stupid. Like, I am stupid. I needed that explanation. And now suddenly I yep. know all this, this, these words that they're going to be using. I understand it all. Yeah, well, it's nice that they... That's a nice thing about having, like, an idiot protagonist right and it's like let me it's easy to exposition for um they also explain the why it's called one piece in this episode did they yeah i know in the anime one of the few things i do know about the anime is that like in the opening credits essentially the little opening crawl they explain why it's called one piece um oh and then suddenly the fire nation attacked yeah essentially um, okay. but it's like it's something about like all the treasure is like concentrated into one piece or you know like there's there's one piece oh. that leads to all to the rest of the treasure what do you think the one piece is is it a coin is it the frenzy made real? along the way no i think it's the frenzy made along the way um sure you know what we'll take bets and then see yeah 
Yeah. That's that's my, my pick. Because when he, if Gold Rogers, when he was dying, he made some very specific, vague statements. And he was like, you want my treasure? Go out and find it. Be free on the ocean. I'm like, well, that's not actually right, telling what- people where it is. That's just telling how people to go until, be a pirate. How long until we talk about Pirates of the Caribbean? I guess is my other question. Well, since you just brought it up now, apparently. Yeah. What, what um, do you want to say about Pirates? Well, I think I think it's more... First of all, I think Pirates of the Caribbean is obviously huge, you know, pop culture uh, reference point for a lot of people, especially for sure. Pirates, very influential in its own way. Um, sure. But I think there's a lot of underlying things in this series about, like, the nature of piracy, you know, and the philosophies mm-hmm. of, like, what that means. And uh, obviously for a lot of people, it's like, pirate's bad. But then for Luffy, it's like, it's about freedom and the kind of r- romanticization of a different of it, sort of pirate. Um, which is what Pirates so of the Caribbean that- is like, you know. It's like, yeah. being a pirate's great, so essentially. See, that's what made me wonder, what in this universe makes a pirate? Like, there seems to be different kinds of pirates, but it seems like if you're a pirate, you just have a ship and you go on adventures or you go robbing stuff. And the Marines want to stop pirates. Yeah. I think the Marines are just capitalism. Like, Yeah. Like, that's exactly what it felt to me. The bad guy's capitalism. Like, yeah. Yeah. It kind of felt like a little bit Star Wars as well, that the um, the Marines are the evil empire. They're the ones that are saying, no, no, you've got to yeah. follow what yeah. well, capitalism, like you said. They've got to, you've got to do what we say. And the pirates are like, well, no, we don't. We can just go and do our thing. And sometimes that's, we're going to loot and pillage your village and make you watch a, a vaudeville show. And sometimes it's like, we're just going to go live. And like, yeah. be nice to people and help people, but that's not what the empire wants you to do. So you're a pirate. You are yeah. a pirate. Oh no! Oh no! Now we now oh, we're no. onto the, the songs, no. all the pirate oh, no. songs. Um, I okay. Here's a, a confession. I didn't like pirates of the Caribbean. Really? I thought they were fun. Yeah. Like I was fine with it, but just the hero worship of the pirates was like, what? Yeah, no, that was a they're bit... pirates. It is kind of wild, though. Like that whole franchise, like how big that franchise got, and considering it was based yeah. on like a theme park, right? Yeah, it was just honestly credit to capitalism. Like, all right. Maybe after this, like we did with Jupiter Ascending, we'll go and watch Cutthroat Island because that's the the equivalent. That's the Jupiter Ascending equivalent of a pirate movie. Sure. You haven't seen Cutthroat Island, have you? Absolutely not. Is it <laughs> like the Muppets pirate? <laughs> oh, sure. No, no. It's Gina Davis in a pre-long uh, kiss goodnight role um, as a pirate. It's oh. just it's it's so bad. She says she there's a there's a villain who's um his name's Mad Dog Morgan, and she says Does Bad Dog before she hands? shoots him with no. a Karen. Nope, nope. <laughs> He's just got a regular sword. Oh, it's wonderful, wonderful. All right, so back to this. So I feel like pirates in this are just everyone who doesn't agree with the Empire. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's fair. 
But do we do get to see if you're the- doing like a thematic campaign. Are you okay with that? If you're like, I want to do a pirate campaign, and then it's like pirates yeah. are just whoever. Like you're cool with that? Yes, because then you get to because if I'm doing a pirate campaign and I want to say pirates or whoever, then you see the different levels of freedom. That when you are free to do anything, you get the bad people and you get the good people. And it's about the characters having to make that choice. What type of person are you going to be? Like, if you want to live outside the laws, you're going to have to make some choices. And you're going to have to see other people make those other choices that you you disagree with. And what do you do about that? Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. You feel you know what this is? Pirate punk. <laughs> pirate honestly, yeah. It's not pure pirate. Yeah. It's like a pirate hack, yeah. Yeah. It's um it's yeah. Pirate kit bash. Punk punk with pirates. Yeah. And a- even down to Buggy's little crew of outcasts. Like they're the the people who don't fit into society. So they've gone often to be pirates. Yeah, it's like, or it could have just been like, yeah, I wanted to do a clown campaign, but well, I really <laughs> liked, what's what's the source book? Which one is it? What's that one? Spelljammer? Go no. to Saltmarsh? <laughs> no, the one that's all got, like, it's like all the, the carnival stuff. Oh, uh, Wild Bull and the Witchlight. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I want to do a Wild <laughs> Bull and the Witchlight campaign, but we're in the middle of this, <laughs> this Go to Saltmarsh yeah. campaign, so... I have had a couple of times where I've wanted to bring in the in Spelljammer. There's the killer clowns um, stat block for, as a monster, yeah. and I really want to bring them just into a regular campaign. Like the adventurers go to a carnival and they're like, "There's something weird about this," and then like the the clown pulls out like a ray gun, and it's like, "Oh shit, what the hell is going on?" It's like, "Yeah, it's an alien spaceship that just come <laughs> down to hang out and kill some people. It's going to go away if you ignore it, but it's going to kill the whole village you're in." So. <laughs> That does also remind me of, I'm assuming you would have watched this movie, but Killer Clowns from Outer Space. That is literally where they're based from. (laughs) I haven't actually seen that movie. It looks too fucking weird for me. It's just like good practical effects. Like it's just, it's like a VFX team just like needed the vaguest of plots as an excuse. Yeah. Well, that, that is literally what it is. Yeah. Like it was a VFX and guy. It's great. Who <laughs> it is great. Needed yeah. to make some stuff. Yeah, it is. it's it's cult for a reason. Anyway, that obviously drawn very heavily. Like the body horror of Buggy in particular. Let's talk about Buggy. I feel like we've got to talk about Buggy now. We've we've been skirting Bergy. around the issue. But Boogie, Bergy, Bergy. Oh, before we get on, just as I'm doing weird voices, that's also a classic. Fucking, oh yeah, sorry. Vincent Reagan's accent. Like I'm practicing my Scottish at the moment, but. His accent, the Vice Admiral Garp's accent, like, I'm just, I am reveling in it. Like, every time he's on screen, I'm like, yeah, say those words. I'm going to copy you. I'm just going to repeat it back to you. Uh, wonderful. Anyway, so let's talk about Buggy. Burger. Um, That's also a very, I was about to say, that's a classic D&D thing where the party just, like, mispronounces the bad guy's name constantly. Yes. Like- and Luffy <laughs> keeps getting it. It's like, you're Binky. It's like, no, I'm Buggy. No, I'm very serious. (laughs) I'm the bad guy. I'm the boss. Be scared of me. The genius jester. And I love that Luffy is then like, oh, wow, you got a lot of names. 
that's like really cool. <laughs> yeah, that is really funny. Like, I want to have a character who's like that, who gets everything wrong and is kind of that idiot, idiot protagonist, but is just so stoked to be here. It's like, yeah, you've like really thought this out. That's really smart of you. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the king of the pirates, not you. Uh, so, Buggy. Buggy, his little backstory that he doesn't like Shanks because he laughed at him. Wait, is that is that it? That they didn't? He, he's a clown now because people laughed at him. Is that is that the thing? I'm not sure. Oh I don't. I, I think I must have. I might have skipped that. Um, I think yeah, what fair. happened between him and Shanks was kind of vague. Um, but it was more. There was more of just like, ah, oh, this motivation for Luffy. Luffy. Fuck. Yeah. Now he I just kind. Ha. Ah. Um. He just kind of knows who Shanks is, so we got a bit of flashback. Yeah. But he is also one who ate the devil fruit, and he got the ability to become the, the detachable kid. Yeah. TDK. TDK. It's just letters. Uh, yeah, I uh, the chop like chop that as a villain. All the fruit, all the fruit is just like the same word twice. Like, yes, I think that's exactly right. <laughs> sure. I wonder we got other. So we got the gum gum fruit. We got the chop chop fruit. I'm going to say there's the um, order what if it's order the sea fruit. Monster? If there See, was one fruit? for, if, snake, if there snake was one fruit. for, oh, snake, snake, yeah, 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 for Shanks, yeah. I reckon it's yeah. all one syllable as well. It's one syllable, so it's like gum, and you say it twice, or chop, and you say it twice. So it's snake, and you say it twice. Snake, snake, fruit. Yeah, yeah. I I have a lot of questions about um about Luffy being able to swallow the 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 map but we'll get to that later because we're still talking about buggy and buggy as like a dude who's able to detach bits of himself um because that's pretty cool i like that when he punched the head off and i was like that was a moment the same as in the first episode when seven got cut in half by zorro yeah. for a moment there i was just like holy shit he just punched off his head like yeah that's yeah. That's terrifying. And then his head popped up. I'm like, oh, it's going to be that sort of show now. Yeah. But what I really yeah. liked about that was that, okay, so we know what the weakness for anyone who's having the devil fruit is, and that's seawater. Yeah. That could have been, oh, cool, we found a bucket of seawater, and we're just going to dunk his head in it, and now he's dead. But instead, they came up with a really interesting way of defeating him at the end where they like lock all his separate parts in different in different boxes yeah and like yeah that felt like a a much more interesting way of having the boss combat rather than just oh yeah you just got to keep fighting him until you push him into the water um yeah especially because his power is like presented as like he he seems invincible essentially right yeah. it's like no matter what you do it's like he just keeps getting cut up in smaller pieces you know mm. um do you think how would you run that as an encounter oh okay we're at that stage of this podcast all right awesome um because he's like the one that we need to make into a character for the for yeah the, clearly the for that. not um, um not whoever the the guy is who was throwing the throwing the knives at zoro no I can't remember his name was Rahelio or something. 
yeah. no, I feel that he's someone who can make melee attacks from further away. Um, like he's, or maybe he makes melee attacks as ranged attacks. It's he definitely has resistance or maybe immunity to regular damage. Um, like that's just a, a standard ability for him, so he's really hard to hit. Probably fight like you could use fire against him; that'd be fine. And like ice, like I feel those are those are solid ways of of striking him. So yeah, just make him immune to any sort of physical damage, um, which just Luffy's already completely got. Completely so immune. Fine too. Yeah, completely immune unless he's like immersed in salt water. All right, so here's okay. Well, you you just brought up a whole thing about how like you loved how they had to come up with this like unique and creative way to defeat yeah. him. So how would you try and address that element in the fight? Do you mean how I'd give them the option to be able to do that, or would I? Yeah, well, you said you you said you're like, oh, I love that they didn't just like throw seawater on him. So how would you try and set yeah. it up so that your players didn't just want to throw seawater on the guy? I'd remove the seawater. <laughs> um, but if you put him in an element of strength, then obviously they've got to find some other solution. Um, I think maybe it takes... It's very clear that he doesn't, doesn't always have control, uh, like direct control of the stuff. Like it has to... Not that it's got a mind of its own, but it costs him something to be able to separate and move the stuff around. And he has to like it's a concentration thing. So if you do damage to one part, that might f affect another part. Even though it's not actually not knocking down hit points, you're still able to distract him. And like when he tries to yeah. kick you in the face, maybe that stops the the other attack. So it reduces the number of attacks that he's got each time you do damage. But he's able to regain those abilities on his next turn or something like that. Um. Yeah, I feel like it's or maybe grappling one of the elements. Like maybe the hand grapples and that makes it not able to attack anymore and you realize, well, if I grapple it back, it can't attack either. Okay, yeah. Or restrained or something like as soon as something as soon as it has an effect on it, it can't do anything anymore. So you have to start to look for abilities to do effects and conditions to something rather than specifically damage. Yeah, I think that's probably the thing that I'd try to lean yeah. towards is avoid avoid it being sort of too damage focused, I guess. Yeah. I think that's a, a good thing because conditions are usually just you have two or three of them that each member's able to do. Like monks can do stun and rangers yes. have usually got like ensnaring strike or something. Yeah. And if you can start to do that and go, okay, well, Maybe we've only got one or two things that can actually do conditions, but if they're suddenly the only thing that works on them, we need to start coming up with some other ways to inflict conditions. Yeah, and personally, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of, like, the spells, like, you know, hold person and stuff like that, that are very, like, suck or save. Um, yeah. And very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, polarizing, suck. whether they work yes. or not. Yeah. Um, and could really just swing fights either way. So this would be like a nice way to kind of reward players for taking those sorts of spells. Um, yeah. Without, you know, without it just totally unbalancing the fight. It'd be make it'd make like sleep useful, you know, which sleep's mm -hmm. not really that good. Um, oh, so I, I sleep think, is a yeah. great spell. Excuse me. If you've, you're a DM, use sleep. 
more than you should. No, like it's a great no. way for getting rid of a party. There's, you know, there's too many hit points. You have to roll so high. What are you talking about? They have an encounter. So it's where they're, they're in flying cars because Eberron and you're flying after somebody who can fly and he turns around and goes, cool, I cast sleep at first level. And the party's like, I'm fine with that. I don't need to worry about it. And you're like, yeah, but the guy driving your car, he's a first level commoner. <laughs> okay. Can't they just wake him up or is, are they asleep, asleep? They can, but all you're trying to do is get away. That's true. And by that stage, the car's already gone into a dive. And it's like, that's a that's an iconic use of sleep. I, I will refuse to hear anything else about it. It's like, that's what sleep I, should be used for. I will try and set up that same scenario. I'll Please do. Have them in a, I'll try and have them or, in a flying car with someone else It doesn't else have driving. to be in a flying It doesn't have to be in a flying car. It just needs to be a chase on horses. If there's no, some it's other be a creature, car. it's got to be a flying to, car. For scientific purposes, it's got to have I, need a to recreate, I need to recreate <laughs> this experiment. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, riding horses works as well because it's going to target the one with the lowest hit points. It's like all you need to do is take out one horse and suddenly all the rest uh, having That's to dodge true. the horse in the road. It's like, I think players forget that they're not the only things around. Yeah. And yeah, That's sleep is an ideal one for, for stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, finding stuff that can do a condition to to him, I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, I mean, that's oh, essentially what they do. And you can give them yeah. like um, environmental tools as well and because that's kind of- Oh, weird. easily. Yeah. Like I'd build a, an area, like maybe if they were really tough, I'm like, okay, yes- there's a you're on the docks. If you can get out of the tent, you can get to the seawater if they're really stuck. And like then they can but that means having to either run backwards and forwards and get buckets or to drag stuff outside. And it's like where you are now, it's not much of a problem, but you're gonna have to take some hits to get there. But the easiest yeah. way is conditions and you got barrels and you got like ropes everywhere so they can tie him to stuff. Yeah, it's you set up the situation where come up with four or five different things and describe it all to them and then they can use their imaginations for the rest of it yeah Ooh, that was that was good i think we were good at that one um yeah. what else felt very D about this episode to you because i've got something that made seem very very accurate um, to my experience of D. &D. Was really D was it the, when Two they were things, locked actually. up and trying to get out yeah <laughs> that was spot yeah. on when the um <laughs> Uh, Nami very clearly was like, no, no, I've got someone who can join your team. It's Luffy. Bye. And just ran. <laughs> like, yep, that's that's a lot of rogues that I've come across oh, yeah. in games. Um, that was very, very cool. But then when they're bickering in, as they're trying to get out as well, that was fun. Do, do you ship them? Do you ship them yet? Um, Not really. You reckon? Oh, okay. I feel like Zoro has like a lost love. Like he's got like a dead wife, sort of. That's the vibe I yeah. get. Probably. Um, I still ship it with Nami. I was kind of oh, wondering yeah. if the lockpick thing was like, like the player was very insistent about like, my character will always have a lockpick on them. And the DM's like, yeah. no, you got searched and they took your look. No, but they, they would have prepared. And you're like, okay, I just don't want to argue with this player. So like, yeah, you got one more lock pick. Yeah. I was going to say, it's it's like, <laughs> fine, fine. Just roll stealth then. Roll stealth, a sleight of hand or something. It's like natural yeah. 20. It's See like, if you, yeah. Fine. fine. Okay. You've got you've got one more lock pick. Yeah. But no, I, I actually wouldn't say it like that. I've, I 
put them in that situation. I want them to get out of that situation because being in prison is boring. Like being in prison, part of it is about getting out. So yeah, yeah you absolutely. say, yeah, you got four lockpicks and they only took three. So someone's got a lockpick. And clearly Zoro was just rolling poorly on his ability to snap out of the, the bonds. So um, someone else had to step up. Yeah. And then you bring in the NPC guy, bad guy. Yeah. That's like a, as a, and as an alternative way out as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we can steal his keys or like beat him up or something, just something. To, yeah. Oh, to, he starts to, throwing to sharp out. objects right near your bonds. Oh. Yeah. But he takes him like eight or nine to actually hit the damn thing. Oh, I love that. It's like, was he rolling poorly or rolling well? Oh, I think he was trying not to, because I think he said that like after buggies through with you. So I think he was specifically yeah. not killing him. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was part of it. He's like, he's wanting to threaten this guy and make him all scared, but he's like, no, no, I'm not allowed to kill you yet. So I'm just going to entertain myself, which didn't go so yeah. well. Do you reckon he's no. going to come back? <laughs> um, he was clearly knocked out. I reckon, honestly, I could see Buggy coming back. I feel like he's iconic. Buggy. And by extension, uh, by extension, his crew, yeah. But I think all the rest of his crew is dead. I reckon it's just that guy. And um, Buggy. But I think Buggy's gone as well. I think Buggy got knocked into the ocean and he's dead. Okay. You think it's just like a Monster of the Week sort of like, he's done, that's his that's his moment. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. That's, that's, that is also another one me. of those like, uh, like it's presented very like lightheartedly. Like, ah, oh, you, you know, hit him away through the, the roof of the tent and he goes flying away. There's a little head head and hands and feet. Um, but like in reality, that's fucking dark. Like he's just you know, I know. All he's all locked up in these different body parts and like the the townspeople there are probably gonna do stuff to him. Like Yeah. Detachable penis, like who you don't want to know about that part. Oh yeah. I love that you just went silent for a moment as I said that. I had to think oh, about wonderful. it. Yeah. 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 Um there's one more thing that, well, the one piece more that I've got from this episode. Um, when they when they open up the safe and Luffy and Nami are like, yeah, we got the map. And Zoro's just like, what, there's no gold or anything? Oh, and he's yeah. like, treasure is not always gold. I'm like, yes, yes, that's so D&D as well. It's like, here's an art object which you can sell for gold or is more important than gold. But there's it's always like, a lot of like, yeah, but how much this is it? This is the work? stuff for the story. Yeah. This is the maps yeah. for the story. We spent three sessions getting this thing. Yeah, but how much is the is I need money, man. It's like, no, you don't. Yeah, that's very that's You don't very need gold at all. Uh, just running Call of Cthulhu the other day. One of the things about Call of Cthulhu is money is not really that important. Like you have a credit rating, and essentially with that, you have a set like I want to say tears. So like if you're moderately, you can spend a hundred dollars a day and yeah, it yeah. won't affect your finances and anything else. You've got to have the cash on hand or sell assets or something. And at one point they found like a little bureau with $600 in it. And some characters were like, I need that money. And some other characters were like, I don't need that money. Like that's nothing to me. Yeah. And it's just, that idea that like you don't have to loot everything. 
Like just based on, yeah, yeah, I've always got that kind of money. It's like, that's just what I've got. Absolutely. Yeah. Not, not making money not matter is a tradition, not traditional D&D, but it is a good way of playing it. Oh, and, and it just takes a lot of, so much burden off the DM as well. Yeah. I had um, just recently a group kill um, a group of infiltrating bugbears that were sneaking into a fort. And of course they then looted the bodies. And I'm like, well, you find like a necklace of teeth and you like, you find some strips of cloth, but this is, this is like a, I want to say spec ops. This is like, yeah, it's spec ops. They're not going to be bringing like their bank vault with them. Like yeah. they're infiltrating enemy lines. They've got knives, but that's kind of it. Yeah. So yeah, you're not really expecting them to be like, yes, I've got this amazing ring, which tells everything about it. And it says, it shines in the darkness. It's like, no, no, you've got, they got nothing. Okay. Oh, uh, anything else you'd like to talk about in this episode? I think I've covered all of my stuff. Yeah, I think so. Honestly, I think the other thing was like young Luffy is so annoying. Um, yeah. I, I'm upset that the accents don't annoying. match. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I do like the fact that it's a flashback and it kind of jumps back and forth, I think really balances it out, you know, rather than like having it be like at the start of a series, like a character's annoying and then by the end you kind of warm up to them. Instead, by doing the flashback, it's like a bit more palatable, which I, I kind of appreciate that approach, I think. Yeah. I like that that Luffy in the the present day, he's optimistic and fun, but he's not annoyingly so and you can actually see when he was a kid he was annoying like he yeah well he doesn't try and like ideals. push it yeah he doesn't like try and push it on anyone else i think there was mm. one like there was a bit in the first episode with like zoro where zoro's like i let them capture me or whatever and he's like well i'll show you had your reasons you know yeah he's just like oh cool he's, that's your thing yeah that's awesome and then he's like letting him go. And he's like, I'm not going to join your crew. He's like, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. You didn't have to. <laughs> I just think you should be free. So, all right, I'm going to do that thing. So far, Luffy, full on my favorite character. Yeah. So he's so lovable. Like, yeah. For his, I mean, it is his show. So it kind of makes sense. I assume it's his show. It feels like it's a little bit of an ensemble show too. Yeah. I think he's very much the protagonist though. I think he's, Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, I wouldn't say he's the protagonist. He's the focus. Oh, he's also, I just realized they started off like the first episode and he was like narrating slash breaking the fourth wall and they haven't gone back to that. And I'm wondering yeah. well, if that's a he wasn't. He was yeah. talking, he was talking to the bird. Oh, that's true. That's true. He was talking to and some bird. the bird, bird was dressed then- up. Was the bird not relevant? What? <laughs> Look, if we're going to get into like what the deal, what's the deal with creatures, we're going to have to talk about the snails. And I don't want to talk about the snails yet. I want to see if the snails actually matter before we talk about the, the snails. They've got the weird ringtone, like the burr, 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 or something. Yeah. And the, and Morgan, not Morgan's. Yeah, it was Morgan. Morgan's um, one had like his own metal jaw. jaw and it's like, yeah. yeah, I don't understand it. I don't want to understand it. I do, if it doesn't matter, I don't care. Okay, this is just flavor, and in the thing, and and I I I don't want to I don't want to deal with it. They're too creepy. Yeah, no, but, they they make me the, very uncomfortable. 
having the sea serpent show up at all was just like, oh shit, there's fucking dragons in this world. Was not expecting dragons. Cool. Yeah, they kind of briefly mention it in the first one, but then you kind of forget. Yeah. yeah. Also, why? Like, right. <laughs> why did that pirate guy in the flashback? Like, kidnap Luffy and take him out to sea. Like, what was he doing? I have no idea. What, <laughs> what is the point? He, he was, like, threatening him. Like, oh, I could, I'm going to kill you or something. It's like, why didn't you just kill him? No already? one's coming you know? for like, you. Yeah, just just kill him. Like, no one cares. Like, what are you doing? I reckon What's this is going to tie in with his dad. I reckon it's going to have something to do with his dad or the gum gum fruit, like the devil fruit that he ate. There's going to be some reason why he kidnapped him rather than than just killed him. Yeah. There's something going on there. But I don't know. Maybe it's just bad writing. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's been going on for like 20 years or whatever. Yeah. This is just what you do when you're a pirate. You just steal kids. Yeah. Well, his entire crew got killed. Maybe he's like, well, I'm going to start a crew with this kid. <laughs> Maybe he's got to take him to international waters out, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right, now we're getting dark. Let's let's wrap it up before it gets any worse. Um, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Tune in next week where we will talk about episode three, Tell No Tales. This is the one where we probably should talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, but oh well. Um, what else was I going to say? That's right. You can leave a rating and a review wherever podcasts are found. It gets out to more listeners if you give us five stars, so that would be wonderful. You can just tell your friends as well because that would be great if they enjoy one piece hopefully they'll enjoy our podcast as well uh we are brought to you by masters of alchemy the premier game mastering service in melbourne you can find masters of alchemy at mastersofalchemy.au where you can book people for private sessions and teach them how to run or teach you how to run or play different rpgs or just some fun good-hearted D in general where you can also come down to fortress emporium and play dungeons and flagons every sunday which you can book via their website and um beginner games, intermediate games, potential campaign games, all very fun for everyone involved. Afif and myself are often there as well, so you can come and say hi. Uh, what else do I have to say? I have to say that you can find us on Instagram, which is at dndntvpod. You can send emails, which is dndntvpod at gmail.com. You can talk about why you're afraid of clowns, what body parts you would like to remove if you had the chance, whole bunch of other reasons as well. Um, but until next time, Stay safe. Thank you for listening. May all your hits be crits. Be kind to yourselves. And I'm going to be the king of the podcasts. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. Always was, always will be. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging.